Hello and welcome to the Saturday Down South Podcast. He is Chris Marler. I am Connor O'Kara. Um, I, I don't know why I led with calling you Chris Marler. You are Uncle Chris until further notice, because Uncle Chris, you had yourself a day. Guess who's back? Back again. Connor, we, we ourselves had a day for the pod, the pod picks. Uh, we went three and one. My dumbass picked UCF. Wasn't thrilled about that. Um, uh, Cincinnati officially canceled UCF, by the way. That tweet, yeah. the Disney tweet, oh, that, was, that was the most savage post-game tweet I've ever seen in the history of, of Twitter. That, yeah, that honestly, was, I think you might be right. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I mean from they, the top row. They were sitting on that, you could tell, and then yep. just didn't give it time to marinate, and they were like, just do it. Fire! <laughs> Fire that pigskin! That, um, uh, that was something. Yeah, I had myself a day yesterday. What I did was, um, I don't care, I don't, I don't mind telling you, I got in. I got into the research this week. Oh, you did! I made myself. I made myself a little spreadsheet. Oh, so went, you, you didn't go back to basics? No, I went. I went old school. So okay. I, I went back to basics on, on my picks at the start of the week. And remember, I didn't. I was like teetering on like, should we throw in Georgia? No, we're not gonna throw in Georgia. So we should have been four and one. That's my fault. But we finished three and one in our pod picks. Um, I didn't post any of my picks yesterday. I was like, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna enjoy the day. I'm not gonna worry about posting these picks on Twitter. But. Boston College plus six. Maryland. Oh, let me tell you about my process here first. Okay, in pencil, I made a spreadsheet. It's the most seven, thing I've ever heard of seven different sites, and sat down on Friday when we were finally done with work stuff, and made just a spreadsheet of all the picks from each site. It's what I used to do back in the day when I was successful, and then I was like, I don't have time for this anymore. I'm an adult. I made time for it, and uh, your boy went like I don't know, like eleven and two or something like. But it was stuff like Toledo. I had had a lot of money on Toledo. Get you some Boston action. College, there you go. Maryland. Yeah, enjoyed that. Uh, Liberty money line. Pretty much the only thing I missed was Duke money line, and then what was the other one? There was something earlier in the day I forgot. But oh, Oklahoma first half. What about Ohio State first half? It covers all day, every day. Yeah, it does. It really does. It really does. I, I mean, and I also you know what I did this time too. I took them over seventeen and a half points. I took their team total in the first half. I got that. That was great, but like, but again, Cal was up seven zero at halftime, mm-hmm. which one you crushed. Mm-hmm. Oregon State won outright; they were up twenty one zero in the first quarter. You teetered on that on, on this pod when you found out it was going to be at the Rose Bowl, which, as yeah, we saw, there was only six people there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were sitting here watching it at the house, and uh, I know, I know, I'm supposed to be an SEC football analyst, but me and me and Bay were sitting here watching her alma mater on the on the couch last night. And they scored, they got 21-0, and she's like, yeah, oh, there is no one there. Nobody. So. so we've gone three minutes into the podcast. We've now talked about the Pac-12. We've talked about Maction. We've had to talk it's about best the conference SEC. in football, man. We, we do have a lot to get to. We're, of course, going to recap the big top 10 showdown in the SEC, Auburn and Florida. We're going to talk some Georgia-Tennessee because there's, I thought, a lot of takeaways from a game that, was, that ended up being mad. so lopsided. Yeah, that's... Tennessee fans might want to fast forward through some parts of that. But oh, I meant Georgia okay. fans. What are you going to say about Tennessee? What, what what negative could you say about Tennessee? We'll get to it. What's well, a teaser? That's a little teaser. Uh, no. We're going to do one thing I like from each of the other games in the SEC. We had some just blowouts, absolute blowouts. Yep. It was a rough game. It was a rough weekend in terms of good competitive games in the SEC. We did not get a whole lot of that. We're going to guess some some lines because the week seven slate is really really good. It is. Oh yeah, finally, it is. We're finally at the point where we have a full loaded slate of SEC games, but the problem... And national. Yeah, and national games. The national slate is really, really good. The problem, though, UNLV, Vandy kind of messes that up. It's, it's not all Why? SEC games. 
because I was I was oh. gonna say it's it's only SEC games, and I can't even say that because UNLV and Vandy for some reason have to play a game. Um, we can't just simulate that one. Yeah, we're gonna talk about what the top three in the SEC looks like, and maybe a little bit of discussion on who the worst team in the SEC is. Just for anybody who's randomly listening and just wants some, just wants a little bit to feel better about themselves if they're a fan of like Tennessee, Vandy, or Arkansas. Connor, each each week, so I sent I sent my power rankings to Doring last night, and he sent his back, and I was laughing afterwards. Like I, was, I was yeah, I know right. I, but yesterday was a day, man, uh, or a week. This week, whole week's been great. But it, when I post those power rankings every Sunday, the ones that get the most argument is is like thirteen and fourteen or twelve right? and fourteen. It's right? re- like, dude, just I've I, listen. I've I've been in some dark dark places. Twenty thirteen, Chris, as we've we've talked about it before. But never to where I've been fighting for last place. Like that is mine. That that is rightfully mine. It's like what? It makes no sense. Oh, it might be too much. Uh, we've got before we talk about all of those things though. Marler, I know you had yourself some Texas Pete yesterday. I had myself some Texas Pete yesterday. I so this is this is a fun true story. Um, yesterday, my my boy Tyler Huck, who you know, he came he came over. Um, to watch some football, and you know, we were like, we, we so I was excited because we were honestly we were gonna go down to the tech game for a minute, but it started at four. Mm, which is, time. Yeah, I know the weather was perfect and it was so nice out, and I was like, you know what? Why don't we just go back to the crib? We'll watch some football. Um, Did you literally say let's go back to the crib? Don't start with me. You said drip yesterday on Twitter. And Fair you're enough. Just you're Fair whiter enough. than than toothpaste. So, um, <laughs> so he just he said he said. Uh, He's like, yeah, so we go back. We order some some wings, and they they show up. Or like, we order them. They're going to be there in like 20 minutes, right? The, the place we ordered from is a block up. You know where you always get off on Marta? Oh, yeah. It's That Marta is equidistant from, from my apartment to where we ordered the wings from. This lady took 45 minutes getting from that restaurant to our apartment because she couldn't figure it out. And by the time we finally got the wings, there was no sauce on them. Oh, no. It was like an absolute travesty. Yeah. It definitely was. It definitely was. And it was actually a fun. We did a little more, like a Texas Pete Maraca. Oh. Had, is that what it's called? Yeah. We like so because they were they were just naked wings, which is if you order that, like just quit life. And so we took the Texas Pete, of course I doused it, closed the lid back up, and then just shook it. Just shook it like a like That's a Polaroid the best way picture. To do it. Yep. It was awesome. It was it was great. So we had we had a, a great time. Uh we had some Texas Pete. There's no grill. Um, we've talked about this before, though. You know, hot girl summer's over. Hot girl fall is in full effect. You guys came with some fire this week. You showed me a lot of great pictures. Tommy O'Rourke, by the way, this Clutch. man, Clutch. his he had like an eight t- eight deck grill. It, made, it looked like a stadium. Mm-hmm. It made no sense. Um, but make sure you are sending us all your favorite pictures, recipes, and more using the hashtag Sauce Like You Mean It. I love Texas Pete. It goes on everything. Um, I haven't had it in my coffee yet. But it's going to be a long day. We got up early this morning. So, uh, anyway, head over to texaspeed.com for more recipes. And later today, we will announce the winner of the meme contest. Ooh. Which was some straight fire as well. Of course. I would expect no. nothing, nothing less. Let's talk Auburn, Florida. You, you picked this game correctly. I was wrong on this. Say it again, Connor. You picked this game correctly. I was wrong on this game. Florida wins this game by 11 points. Defense just stymies Bo Nix. I mean, yep. it felt like every single play Bo Nix made in the second half. You heard Gary you Danielson. Those? Well, it felt like every single every single play that he was a part of, I should say, yeah. in the second half, Gary Danielson would follow it up with, oh, he's a true freshman. Uh, we get it. He looked we like a true freshman. He, yeah. he looks like it more so than ever. 
the the Florida defense in this game was lights out. Just played yep. so, so well down the stretch. Made some great adjustments. Credit to Todd Grantham and that unit for really taking it to a true freshman quarterback. And all those stats that we heard in the pregame about how Bo Nix was so bad under pressure. His QBR was six or something like that when facing pressure. It, it showed in this one. And yep. it wasn't just that. Secondary played really, really well in this game. Picked him off three times. Huge win for Florida. I thought the, the story of the game, though, was Kyle Trask going down in what looked like this moment of, oh, crap. It's Emory Jones and nothing else. Kadarius Toney isn't even healthy yet, so it's just going to be Emory Jones. And yeah, Emory Jones looked pretty good, but em- yeah, that, he did. that was a moment for concern. <sighs> Where do we want to start with this? Well, I was, well, was going to say, yeah. so Kyle Trask goes down, and he's laying on his back there, and Florida fans have to just be thinking, man... How can this how can this happen again? Where we're down, we're going to be down to our third string quarterback. Kyle Trask was making some nice strides in this one, and you're kind of fearing the worst because you see they, the CBS camera showed his face and showed how yeah. much pain he was in because of this this hit that he took. Dan Mullen argued that it was a dirty hit, dirty hit from Marlon Davidson. <laughs> Replay showed it was not it was not a dirty hit. No, no. If Florida fans want to get mad at that. All right, do whatever you can, but you know were they mad at that. They were mad at that. There there were, were some who were, in who the were moment. mad about that in the moment. In the moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that makes sense. I get that from a fan standpoint. That was like one of the more relatable moments ever with Dan Mullen because it's like something a fan would do. It's like I yeah. hope they I hope they change. And meanwhile, like while this is happening, we'll talk about this later. Meanwhile, like at the same exact time in in Como. There's an actual dirty play, and Kelly Bryant might be out for a a serious amount of time. So, yeah, that part was lame. And and then, we're going to give a lot of props here to Florida, but Dan Mullen, after the injury, after complaining about the injury, then was like, you know what? I'm going to show absolutely no regard. No regard for my quarterback. I'm I'm running him on third and two on RPO fake jet sweeps. I'm throwing to him out of the backfield on reverse passes. Yeah, that was interesting. Dan did a lot of stuff in this game. That that he tried like he, he it's like he wasn't trying to win. I, I joked about this on Twitter and I was like, this looked like like both teams were trying to win this game like it was a pair of socks and a white elephant Christmas party because it was it was just back and forth of mistakes. And and honestly, maybe the credit should go to each defense, but I do want to say this. I what I don't want you to beat yourself up about not picking this right because it wasn't just you, Connor. It was everyone else on our entire staff. Only this, Uncle Chris this is true. had this correctly. Um, and Queso. And his picks. He's so smart. And he had Michigan. There was a, I, I, I did a little clapping back at people yesterday from Queso's account. I'll say that. But I need to apologize to Florida fans. You were supposed to, to say you barked Dan back Mullen. at people, not clap That's, back. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, I need to apologize to Florida fans and Florida Gators, football players, and Dan Mullen, all of the above. Because I was wrong. You guys, I know I picked this game right, but in the offseason, I said this offensive line was going to be a problem. I said I thought I thought before the season I had I think I had Auburn pick to win this game, I or I thought it was gonna be like a, a winnable game for him. I, I I was wrong about Florida. Dan Mullen has coached his butt off so far this season, and this team has looked and it's not like this team has had a bunch of breaks. This is not right. like that. It's not like that Tennessee team we talked about the other day of the Dobnell boot game where they mm-hmm. started out five or six and zero. Where it's like, oh man, you know, skin of your teeth, you beat our, you beat App State, then you you know, skin of your teeth, you beat Georgia and, and all that kind of stuff. This team has has beat people. They have beat people into submission. They've given up 16 total points at home. That's good for four points a game at home. And they've done so while constantly facing adversity and, and adversity and having to overcome different obstacles and challenges. This has been a, in my opinion, this has been the best coaching job in the SEC so far this season. I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. And Jabari Zuniga, who we thought was going to play in this game, dressed, didn't play. 
which oh, is amazing. Wow. CJ Henderson was back. He and Marco Wilson starting alongside one another. Huge for that team. That that, that secondary looked really, really good. Florida's defense is, is special, and it's played yeah. incredibly well since Trask took over. Since Trask took over, I threw out the stat the other day about how lopsided it is, it, it's been. Florida, in those 13 quarters of playing with just Kyle Trask, yeah, 115-16. That's... That's pretty good. That includes a yeah. come-from-behind win on the road uh, right. against Kentucky. That includes the, the dominant win. Down 11. Yeah, down 11. Of course, that includes the dominant win against Tennessee, and then most recently this win against top 10 Auburn. Well, and we looked at this the other day, and I'll, I'll just throw this out there real quick. And I, I, of course, didn't do it before we talked about the game on the podcast, but we did like our little video things. I was looking at this, and, and there, were some, there were some pretty glaring mistakes when you tried to make a case for Florida. One, their offensive line hasn't been that bad. They, they, I think they give like the second or third least amount of tackles for loss. In yeah, the but the, the run, not being able to get the running game going was was the big thing. And win in this game? No, 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 no. Throughout the season so far, the Michael. P. Oh, Ryan, yeah, sure, yeah. Without the that, Michael Pirine had that, an eighty-yard touchdown in this game, right. and it was more yard. I tweeted this out. It was more yards than he had in any individual game all year, and that's somebody who's right. supposed to be an All SEC tailback. That's the. That's but what the we talked about was well, I don't know who said he's going to be an All SEC tailback, but yes. But also, we talked about this. The, going into the game, he started Mullen. preseason. He started as, as a second team All SEC tailback. Oh, okay, second team. I didn't vote on that. I'm just saying I don't know who who thought that, but yeah, they were wrong. So you talk about uh, talk about like like Mullen being able to scheme people open and having a plan because we said if you if you run it into the teeth this defense, it's not going to work. And nope. Derek Brown made himself some money yesterday. Gosh, just good. God, so good. Should have had that but, touchdown I mean, tripped over the thirty-five yard oh, line. Man. Oh man, he almost had two. Yeah, but yeah, it was it was it was a really it was really impressive to watch Mullen be able to get that offense going. And and you know honestly, when you look at this, like I know Kyle Trask isn't a freshman. He's he's waited since the Obama administration to finally get a, another start, which is crazy to me. Um, but him him being able to like have like trust from his head coach it, that we're going to throw the football we're going to spread the ball around we're going to get to the ball in space to our playmakers and and we're not going to rely on what some people call a, a preseason all sec running back they, like that's I, that was impressive to me and against this defense and they really were able to show some flaws and, and we said this before the game auburn auburn i didn't know this was last in the sec in turnover margin mm-hmm. last and they they i mean they, that showed that weird ugly head and they also on on the road are more mistake prone, and they were they were last in the SEC in penalties per game on road on road games as well, averaging like nine and a half a game. Yeah, the the Florida defense forced Bo Nix into some big time mistakes. Had coverages completely disguised the the yeah. the sequence the sequence that Bo Nix had that three play sequence really kind of told the story of, of his day where he underthrows Seth Williams on that long long pass or overthrows yeah. him rather, and that was a play that should have been six. Because he had a step. It was still a catch. It was still a long completion. It was his longest yeah. completion of the day. But it should have been an even bigger play. And then on the very, I think it's the next play, he threw, He had a, a wide open slant. I think it was Sal, it might have been Sal Canella that he was trying to hit on the slant. And he just, it was It was just a bad throw. Threw it behind Overthrow? him. Overthrow? No, it was, well, I mean, oh. yeah, it was, I guess he was, It was. he threw it behind him on the slant. And then on the next play after that, he throws the interception in the end zone. Yeah. And, and, and Gus oh, lost God. his mind. Lost his mind. And that he looked broken at that point. New Gus looked like he was he was like how many like you know what it looked like to me. It's like I don't I don't know. I mean, you don't have kids, and I don't have kids, but like from all the stories I've heard from potty training, or like when we try to get Queso just mm-hmm. to not pee and poop inside, it's like all right, well, you've done all the things, you've taught them all the things of what they're supposed to do, and all of a sudden it's like, well, he just 
crapped on the floor again. I'm like, what is it? Why? Yeah. And then the, the mean, play where, where Bo Nix is, is scrambling at the end, too, and, oh, and he took that, that was, sack to get him out of field goal range. That was... He sacked himself. Uh, that was that was rough. That was that really, was, really rough. That did not look good. But, but no, I mean, again, go ahead. I was, I was going to say, like, the, the tough thing to remember watching this game was that Kyle Trask has had not that much more in terms of game reps that Bo Nix no. had. Probably, you if you think about it, over time, less. Uh, prob- probably. He's definitely had less starts, obviously. We know, we know yeah. that. And I thought Kyle Trask, for all the... For all the you know concern about what he'd be able to do against this this these defensive line, which actually played really well, Auburn's defensive line yeah. looked the oh part for most of this game. <laughs> so Didn't wrap up on that tackle on the Michael Pirine, but really I thought played played strong and, and looked yeah. like one of the best units in the country. Contrast rose to the occasion, playing through that sprained MCL and giving his team the lift that it needed. Not necessarily in the way that we typically expect of Dan Mullen quarterbacks, but did it in a way that kind of just makes me sit back in disbelief a little bit and just wonder, what's it going to take to take this team down at this point? Uh, Death Valley at night. But anyway, that's a whole other story. That's well, for later. But, but, but no, like, like again, this Florida team, they have been so much better than I thought or that I gave them credit for. And when you look you look at, like you said, with Kyle Trask, why it's impressive to me is this. Yeah, he's not a true freshman. He's not going on the road like like Bo Nix did. He he was able to do this from the comfort of his own home, like, you know, in, in the swamp, all that kind of stuff. But... I'll tell you right now, as a, as a uh, this is not a humble brag or a sick brag, or whatever, but just as a former athlete, especially in college that didn't play a lot, like I redshirted and then and then like played like sparingly like my my freshman year and, and to my sophomore year. There's a big difference between game reps and practice reps, and to go basically like seven years of just getting scrimmage reps and practice reps, and then be thrust into an actual SEC season. That's not easy, and it's it's really impressive what he's able to do. It's a great throwback story that's not going anywhere. That Florida defense, that Florida defense against the oh LSU God. offense next week is so far the individual matchup of the year in college football, in my opinion. Yeah, it is LSU the hasn't single faced best a defense like that. that. LSU has not faced a defense like Florida. We know that Texas's defense is nowhere near what Florida's defense no. is. That's going to be so so fun to watch. We'll get to that a little bit more later on. Georgia and Tennessee for about, I don't know, a half hour in this game. I don't know about you, but I thought to myself, is Tennessee about to go wire to wire with Georgia? I had that little <laughs> thought enter my brain. It entered my brain, and I'm sure it I thought, No, I, I did too. Like, they, it, yeah, I, I, it's not crazy. But as we found out over the course of 60 minutes, Georgia, still pretty good. Tennessee, not very good. 33, I think it was, yeah, 33 unanswered points that Georgia had in this one after trailing in the second quarter. The Brian Maurer era, that's his Twitter handle as well, started off with such promise, the touchdown pass that he had to Marcus Callaway. What a cool moment for that kid. Just an awesome, awesome moment. They showed his mom. Was I the only one that was like, is his mom my age? Like, what the hell is happening right now? Like, I felt so old. Get used to that, my friend. Yeah, that's the worst. Yeah. But what what a great... Great opening statement from Tennessee, and I, I, I'll start with a positive with Tennessee here because. Why are you? What is the negative? There, oh, there's there's negative. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it afterwards. I can't believe that. But go ahead. The positive is that Tennessee coming off of a bye week when everybody's wondering how are they going to respond in this game. Yeah. Jeremy Pruitt last year praised his team so much and got emotional after the game because of how well they they played against Georgia and keeping it relatively close for the majority of the game and. I thought that Tennessee showed up ready to go and played in front of that crowd, which showed up as well. 
and yeah. did some really impressive things early on. Showed that they they weren't quitting on the season. And I, I tip my cap to that. I, I absolutely do. Yeah. Here's the negative, though. Okay. All of those things that I just said, where it felt like Tennessee actually played like pretty well and didn't make a ton of mistakes. I thought it wasn't like they played. So go back to that game last year against Florida, where Tennessee just gave Florida the ball repeatedly. Yeah, six turnovers. Yeah, just got sack after sack after sack, and you're you're just thinking to yourself, "There's no way Tennessee's even going to be able to stay on the field. They just keep shooting themselves in the foot. This is awful." It didn't feel like Tennessee played that bad, and they lost that game forty-three to fourteen. And that's a little. That's a dose of. Re- that's another dose of reality of like, wait a minute. We actually played what might have been our best game of the year against an FBS team, and we still lost 43-14? to That's how far away Tennessee still is. And I think that that's, that's, a, that's such a tough pill to swallow as a fan base. I understand that you have a quarterback making his first-time start. I watched that game and thought to myself, man, I was actually impressed with Tennessee for a while, and they still just got smacked. By Georgia in the second half, and Georgia made all the adjustments. You're shaking. You've been shaking your head for the last. I, I don't. Long. I don't. I hate what you're doing right now. I, I love you to death. I hate what you're doing right now. And, okay. I, and I, here's why. It, it, because, because this is where Tennessee's program is, and we. I agree with that. What you're saying, like, yeah, they're far away from from all that. I think the takeaways of this game being that Tennessee's program is so far away, and they did this and did. That's not what I had as a takeaway. And you guys can call me Georgia haters, or whatever you want. Georgia looked average at best. For thirty minutes of football in this game, I think they that's, looked I think average that's at best. And in Tennessee, listen, they're they're a one in four team. They had they had their Wednesday the day before or two days before walkthroughs wasn't filled with like, hey, like, what do you get questions about? Hey, how how are you going to beat Georgia this weekend? Or what, what's the plan? It was answering questions over some dumbass kid who was in the back of a cop car mouthing off to cops and saying like, and and then having TMZ report it. Like, the, t- Tennessee is in a state of disarray as a program because of su- self inflicted things that they have done to themselves from every single standpoint. When you look at an administration standpoint, from a coaching hiring standpoint, from a fan base that it just went into outrage over some of the hiring every single part of that program is in disarray this was a bright spot i get that they lost by almost 30 points this was still a bright spot they they showed fight in games that they have rolled over in this year jared garantano on the sideline helping out more when he's i love injured, that picking him up. i love all that. of that was great yeah what my takeaway was is this georgia team that constantly wants to talk about how we're elite how can we keep dropping the polls how come we don't get any respect because you look like you look average. You look average in the first half of games. Let me let me tell you what I see when I watch Georgia. I see 2008 Alabama or 2009 Alabama, maybe 2013. When you are looking at games like where it's like, oh my gosh, you look at this. You look at the score sheet. We won by 30. We beat an SEC team by 30 points and, and a rival. We covered the spread. We're great. But we didn't give a point in the second half. No, what what you're doing is it's like you're a methodical, boring. Bland team, and it's and you're so damn good at it. You're so like they Georgia's is one of the better teams in the country, but it's easy for te- it's easy to look at this team and be like the the have have the outrage from fans being upset. Like how come no one considers to leave? Well, because you you slept walk for thirty straight minutes against Tennessee in a game that you won forty one nothing in the last time you visited this place with a true okay. freshman quarterback. That it's it, they gave up twenty first downs. I, they gave twenty first downs to Tennessee. Yeah, that's that that's fair. So I think that that both of I think both of our sides have have some value. I don't I, I know you don't necessarily agree with the with the take that Tennessee 
is that that says a lot about Tennessee that it could come out. And I'm actually giving Tennessee credit. I, I yeah. really, really thought coming off of a bye week and playing in front of that crowd, they, they were hyped up. They're ready to go. They gave it their best shot. And I look up at the scoreboard, yeah. and it's 43-14. to 14. That sucks. Well, my backdoor cover with like four minutes ago. No, I, I agree with you. That does suck. And But, and again, listen, this is not – I'm not trying to take away from Georgia being an elite team because they are elite. But when you have this fan base that constantly, for whatever reason, feels like they're slighted, like that they are like being like okay. torn down – this is why. When it's like it's like listen, again, I'm not saying that Georgia is not not a dominant team. They they could listen, I had them covering the spread. I needed that backdoor cover. I was very happy to see it. They still ran listen, listen to this balance. They had 288 yards passing, 230 yards yards running. But in the first half against a team that went down and scored 3 points at Florida. They got beat by Georgia State and BYU at home and looked inept on offense. Played at a different they were level, constantly, I think, though, in this game. It was so what? It, yeah. This is the team. Yeah, no. you, yeah they, had a, they had a starting quarterback. They had a true freshman quarterback that was throwing dimes all over the field against that secondary that we thought was going to be one of the best in the SEC. Well, okay, so, but we know we already know that Georgia struggles against backup quarterbacks, so what? this is new. <laughs> you already just, made that joke. I, just, I can't take credit that for was, that. It was good. But, I mean, like, I—, I I've, I'm I again. I'm trying to say this. Like I know sometimes, like Georgia fans get upset with me. My level of expectation for Georgia is up here. Exactly. You yes, can't see that's me. But like, and that, that's all I'm judging it off of because it's like you you're gonna win a national championship. Kirby Smart is a phenomenal coach and, and recruited all that kind of stuff. That time is coming. But but don't don't get upset when when you have to also be like self aware and look in the mirror and be like. Why are we giving up this many yards and, and points early? Why like why is Marquez Callaway? Why is Juwan Jennings running or Marcus Callaway running free fifteen yards open in the start yep. of the, in the in the first half? That's fair. And it, Georgia it, it makes no sense. Georgia adjusted in this game had a, a, almost a little bit of a feel of that like twenty seventeen Mizzou game at home where Drew Locke. That's what threw. I said. Yeah, it yeah. started <laughs> to feel like that, and then Georgia put the clamps on in, in the second half. I thought one of the takeaways for Georgia. Lawrence Cager looks like Georgia's number one guy. Oh, he's he, so good. He and Jake Fromm are on the same page, and he's making those back shoulder throws. And just yep. the chemistry that the, that those two had in this game I thought was evident. He's now got three straight games in which he has a touchdown and at least three catches. That bodes really, really well. Because, yes, while I do think that it, it's going to take a, a committee of guys for Georgia, they need to have that go-to guy. Jake Fromm needs to have that guy in the back of his mind where – if it's third down and he says, I need somebody I can trust who can sit sit in a zone and be able to get past the sticks, I need yeah. to trust somebody. Lawrence Cager is looking the part early on. That's good. That's a good sign for this Georgia team. Jake Fromm. Because everyone else is going to come along. Yeah, everyone else is coming along, and Demetrius Robertson is, is going to continue oh, to kind of be that, almost like that Deshaun Jackson. I know that's the comp because he played at Cal too, but yeah. um, I, I think he can be like that for this team, and George Pickens is going to have his moments, but still, it's tough for him to get separation all the time, and there's yeah. a reason a lot of his catches are ridiculous catches. Yeah, that's fair. Jake, Jake Fromm singing Rocky Top as he left the media scrum Woo! in the game was, <laughs> what, what, what was that in your mind? Drip. <laughs> it was that was, that was cool, man. Like I was, I was shocked that he. I didn't know he had that. I didn't know he had that savage, that savage little swag about it. I, was, I thought it was funny. It's a catch. It's a catchy fight song, you know. It's, it is a catchy it's fight so song. So catchy. It just gets in your I, head. I'll, I'll say this too about Georgia is that like, and again, I know I'm tough on you guys, and it's because you know someone needs to be, someone needs to be a little bit, but like this team, when again, when I say like this is such a. They make the joke all the time on social media about how Georgia copies Bama. This is such a blueprint, blueprint Alabama-esque Nick Saban type team. Where you know how many points they've given up in the second half of games this year in five games? Oh, let me let me do some quick math here. I'm gonna say ten. 
17. They gave up seven to Notre Dame and ten to Murray State. Florida, That's it. Florida's the best. You know, Florida's the best fourth quarter team in the country. They were yeah. plus fifty coming into the the weekend. But yeah, not surprising right. to hear that. But, about Georgia. but UGA, UGA being able to like again, like I can't tell you how many Bama games I've watched where it's like they're playing an unranked Arkansas team and they're up like seventeen to seven or seventeen to ten at the half, and then you win by thirty or something like that. And like that's all. That's all great. Like that's that's fine. Because the second half adjustments that they're making are like th- there was never a chance where I was like Tennessee is probably going to win this game, like that was never in question. But it was yeah, it's just, second it's, quarter you didn't have that little moment. The back <laughs> no. was, there was like one pass he hit to to Jawan Jennings like on a slant route mm-hmm. in in like in traffic that I was like is Tennessee like is they are they going to do this all night because that secondary did look, look suspect. But by the end of the game it was more the same what we expect now out of Georgia, which is you're up by a lot of points. You're putting up. You're, you're fi- that ground game is. I was impressed to see like like Harrion. By the way, he needs more carries. God, he's fun to Played watch. Really well, leading rusher. Really well. He's running like a madman this year. But like they they had they started to get the ball in just in the hands of some of those toys that I always talk about with Zamir White and Harrion and then, and then like obviously Cager who's incredible. But this this was you you leaning you lean on people. It's like body blow body blow, and then all of a sudden you're getting like six seven yards of carry and and putting teams away. And then by the end of the game, you've got just a field of five-star true freshmen that are getting playing time. It was it was awesome. I loved seeing, by the way, when Zeus got the ball, and that's the crowd that the crowd yeah. the Georgia faithful Zeus. Whenever Zamir White touched it, that was that was. That's pretty another cool. thing too. They travel so well, and it's there's so much excitement in the program right now. That that's also cool to watch. Let's so do, don't think I'm hating Georgia fans. I, I, there's a lot. There's a lot to like. I just expect a lot out of you this guys. This stuff will sort itself out. We, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll have plenty of time to talk about that. For now, it's just a discussion point. Let's do one thing that we liked from each of the other three games in the SEC, and we'll we have to talk about that. We so we're recording this as of not. It's 9 a.m. right now on Sunday morning. We don't oh, know the severity of Kelly Bryant's injury. By oh. the time that this comes out, we probably will know. Real quick, um, before we get to one thing I liked, actually, we should just talk about that because it's just been injury after injury after injury for SEC East quarterbacks. Yeah. What what a brutal way for, for Mizzou fans to experience that game where he's throwing a touchdown pass to make it, I think, 42-7 to at that point. Yeah. And just gets rolled up on. And it, it looked, from the naked eye, it looked like a, a dirty play where uh... the defender was going low. But I can understand in the heat of the moment why, at the same time, that that's not necessarily the intent. I I, I don't want to definitively. He swung his entire arm directly at his knee. Yeah, I, as I, he was diving. Well, <laughs> like, I I know he was he's falling he's falling on the ground. Yeah. He's just trying to get whatever piece of the quarterback he can. I don't want to sit here and bury a kid and say that it was definitively a, a dirty hit or whatnot. If that makes Mizzou fans upset, I, I'm sorry. I don't want to necessarily yeah. go there. The, the result is the same, and that is Kelly Bryant did not come back in the second half of this game. This Mizzou team that really, really looked like it was hitting its stride yeah. all of a sudden now has this big question mark about their starting quarterback because, yeah, the quarterback depth behind him, not great. This would be a really, really, really tough blow for this team right now. I This made me so mad, and, and I, I'm going to say one of the most – Petty and probably irrational and jaded things, and that's that says a lot. That even oh. for me that has ever said this podcast, I think it was a dirty hit. I think that kid should be held accountable for the dirty hit because I don't think it was in question. Like I, I'm, I'm surprised that we don't we don't see eye on that, which is fine. But if Kelly Bryant is out for a significant amount of time, I think that kid should be out for a significant amount of time. I think he should be out for the exact same amount of time because you should, you cannot you should not be allowed to continue to play after taking away 
so in in my opinion, what was something that was a purposeful and and, and vindictive hit like on a quarterback? It's just like, there was just no room for that. You're down 35 points. I, I thought it was clearly dirty, but whatever. I, so the stuff with Kelly Bryant, this this Missouri defense. I said this yesterday on like on, on the Facebook group. Missouri's defense and Kale Garrett are hands down the most underappreciated and underrated unit and player in in the country. Not just the SEC, but in the country. Kale Garrett has three touchdowns. That's my one thing I liked for this game. Kale <laughs> Garrett ridiculous. had 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 a had a, a defensive touchdown where I, I think he he stunted from the defensive end position. Well, he dropped back like in his coverage. Daddy? Yeah, he stunted like his daddy. There we go. I'm talking about a drip and stunting like my daddy. <laughs> He went back into coverage from the defensive end position and could just completely fool the Detroit quarterback and took it to the house. And that, that to me, is another reason why Kale Garrett should have been on my top 10 SEC players. Yeah, me too, he man. Definitely, he definitely heard that. He's got three defensive touchdowns this year. That's as many. You tweeted this is out. Is it three straight games? Yeah, it's three straight games. That's as many as three starting SEC running backs. I tweeted that. Yeah, you tweeted that out. Yeah, oh, I think you said he tweeted it. I was like, oh, I got excited for a second. Which, when you consider that, that I mean, that's just an unbelievable feat. This Mizzou defense has played so, so well since essentially the third quarter against Wyoming. Yeah. it's it, And it has it's, turned around completely, and it has been way, way better than I thought it was going to be this year. Okay, so, and that, and me too. Like, you're right. Like, it's, it's better than I thought it would be. And... I'll take a moment to humble brag here. I was on TV yesterday for the first time, which was was really cool. I cannot believe and, it took us a half hour to get to that point. Well, I thought Connor, we were... I just thought that you, as my teammate, would bring it up, but it's fine. I'll I'll talk about it in depth later. Um, no, I'm kidding. But we we had we were on the show. We we're talking about and and there's like three former Falcons players and and me and I'm I'm just like facilitating. I'm like the host of the show. And this guy was like Chuck Smith, former Tennessee player. He, he said Florida has the best defense in the SEC. And I was like, actually, as, before, as we're going to break, I ad-libbed, and I was like, I was like, actually, fun fact, Missouri has the best defense in the SEC statistically, with 231 yards per game. Because I, I, I was researching, you know, this past week when I was doing my little spreadsheets, I had no idea. It was like, there's a difference between being like, oh, I had no idea they were good, but I didn't know they were that good and that dominant. 231 yards, and now after yesterday, it's 227 yards a game. Yeah, like it's a Troy team that was pretty good on offense. Mizzou is is going to be a scary team to face if Kelly Bryant is healthy because this defense is just playing at a level that I, I'm not sure many people outside of the the SEC East really realize right now. Maybe even people yeah. in the SEC East don't necessarily. They don't know. Yeah. It. Well, because what happens is we we get to these openers and then we see a team suffer an embarrassing yeah. loss and we just write them off. And it's like Florida. Mizzou. Yeah, yeah, Florida. Yeah, Florida against Kentucky last year. Also, yeah. is another example of that where Florida has the, the lays the egg against Kentucky. That loss actually ends up looking better as the season progresses, yeah. and then Florida turns out to be a New Year's Six Bowl worthy team. These things happen in college football. Mizzou is a team, obviously, that nobody is writing off right now. At least they shouldn't, even though we don't know if Mizzou can go to a yeah. bowl game this year. Oh, what a gosh. weird yeah, season. Adam Adam Spencer, our buddy Adam Spencer, brought this up, and it was one of the best points that was made. And he said it like in jest and also in, in bitterness, I think. But it was like only only two possible scenarios can happen from this. As a Mizzou fan, he said, "Kelly Bryant is fine and comes back, and the bowl ban is upheld, or the bowl ban is lifted and Kelly Bryant's out for the season." Right. And it, it's and you get you just get the feeling like and this is somebody that's been to a lot of Mizzou games, and, and some of my best friends are Mizzou fans. You get the feeling that it's like that's not that far-fetched it's just it's this this program is and and listen the worst thing that can happen and i'm i i hope i'm i'm i want to say this to hold sec fans accountable as a whole 
The worst thing that could happen from a fan base and for this conference is for Kelly Bryant to be out, Mizzou to lose four games somehow against like the meat of that schedule, and then have everyone write them off as and dismiss them as not one of the better teams in the SEC and how they don't belong in the SEC and all that kind of crap because that is trash. That is a trash take. They have they have been slow. They've been slightly good. And, and when you look at this team too, we talk about how easy the schedule is to start of the season. But this is traditionally when they they struggle under Barry Odom. Mm-hmm. They they go they've gone four and zero in November. I think the past two seasons, right? Yeah, they've been lights out after zero and four starts. Right, and and so to watch them get off the start, I understand the Wyoming game is embarrassing. It's it's a bad loss, but without that loss, this isn't even a top twenty five team right now, and they have a they they have one of the best defenses in the country. They they just continue to get get dismissed and and not get any credit. That game that we're gonna be at the oh. the Mizzou Georgia game that we're gonna be at um little little preview announcement there uh that we're gonna be at the first uh yeah first weekend of November that, that Mizzou. I think it's the first. I think isn't this the sixth or something? I, I wish. No, it's the ninth, and the second. Oh, is the, the ninth. Oh, the sixth, that's right. The ninth. God. Oh, I see yeah. what you did there. Yeah. Sweet setup, Ice Man. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh, that no, no, we'll move on. Vandy and Ole Miss. I told you we're we're gonna get to the worst team in the SEC in a minute here. So I'm not. I'll save my my, my Vandy rant. The one thing I liked about this game, Rich Rod's running game looks legit. This looks like the exact offense that Ole Miss fans could have hoped for when Rich Rod was going to be coming in. Having said that, this is not the situation that Ole Miss fans thought that no. they were going to have. John <laughs> Rice not. Plumley is all of a sudden Rich Rod's quarterback, and Matt, Matt Luke said after the game that Matt Corral is still still wasn't able to throw to his full capabilities. You got to stick with John Rice Plumley, man. The, Dude, how much fun is this kid? He's got some juice. He, he does. Move. That's the best way to put it. He he has, uh, and, and I think Matt Corral does too. But this kid, this this is a fun team to watch. Like this is this is a fun team to watch. This is not like it. Like you would think that last year's team would be fun because it's like, oh, they have you know Metcalf and AJ. This Brown. is the inverse. Like, it's the exact yeah, inverse. It's, it's so it's weird. Exa- that's such a good way to put it. And the defense is good. The defense is a, is a good defense. The defense is good, and Ole Miss runs the football. It's the exa- It's the polar opposite of right. the last when, two years. When's the last time we've ever said that? Seriously, I, I I thought it was, and those powder blue helmets just Oof. making a, a, those are the best. I, I thought I thought this was as expected. I almost said I almost said, cause, and I remember we talked about this because I was still jaded and bitter over the Vandy thing. But I almost wanted to put Ole Miss minus six and a half as like one of my locks of the week because. And we and we, every all of us picked it on the staff picks too. It was like mm-hmm. that's I, I didn't see this one being close, um, which is a you know a stretch from where we thought in the beginning of the season where I think you and I, I Vandy winning this game. Van, yeah, I think I did too. Like it's just yeah. and and I didn't. That's another team I probably need to apologize to because I didn't give enough credit to Ole Miss. They have been over the past two weeks. You take you take your loss at Alabama and it's because it's Alabama. And I don't mean that in an arrogant way, but no, that's fair. When you're able to put up 31 points and and John Rice probably puts up over 100 yards rushing in his first start ever, and then goes back to back and does it here. I think he had over 100 in the first half. Oh, had over 100 in the first half. Ole Miss ran for 400 yards against an SEC defense for the first time in 40 years. That's crazy. Like uh, ran for over 400 yards. Granted, the Vandy defense is terrible. They're, Having they said really that, I. I don't know if you're Matt Luke how you can sit there and put Matt Corral in after what you've seen from John Rice Plumley, and I understand that 
that maybe maybe that makes Ole Miss a little bit one dimensional. And yeah, and I understand that a good defense is is going to be able to to, to focus in on that, and maybe they're going to have some tough times. But I think this is a better formula than what Ole Miss has had in the past couple of years. I just think yeah. that they're they're in a position to sustain it a lot better. And I think that they play a little bit better ball control. We saw Jerry and Ely have the big breakout run. He had another big run that was called back that he should have that in my opinion should have should have stood. But yeah. This running game looks really, really good. I mean I well it and it's not it's not one of those things I think where I mean I, this I'll be interested to see what it looks like against like a team like Auburn with a defensive front like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it's obviously like very stout against the run, but two weeks in a row, like I, Vandy's defense is trash, but they put up 276 yards rushing on Bama. Like it's it, it there's something working here. Stick, okay, it's, stick I, with I, what I love works. it. Yeah, stick yeah. with what works. Ole Miss is not going to be a fun team, I think, for that division to play with. They're going to be a little bit peskier, and I, I know that yeah. Bama kind of dominated that game, but Ole Miss, I, I'm I, I'm drinking the Kool Aid more and more every single week. Yeah, did not think I would be. I had Ole Miss was my worst team in the SEC coming into this year. I have changed Me my too. tune on that completely. Utah State and LSU, the 11 a.m. kick in Baton Rouge. Oh my God. My one thing I like from this game, the LSU defense had a get-right game, and it did so against somebody who was viewed as one of the best quarterbacks in the country coming into this year in Jordan Love. Now, did he look like one of the best quarterbacks in the country in this game? No, not in the slightest. And that wasn't just because of the weather transition of going from weather in Utah to weather in Baton Rouge. He was held to 4.4 yards per attempt, no touchdowns. They had two short fields, I believe, in the first half in this one. And it looked like it could have been easily, uh, they, they could have easily had 14 points. And instead, they had, uh, they were held to a field goal on one of them. And then I think there was the, what was it? It was the um, the Derek Singley interception, which was oh, just man. absurd. <laughs> that kid is playing at He's an so all-SEC level already. Yeah. LSU gets Caleb on chasing back. I think I'm probably still saying his name wrong. I've heard it different on the no, podcast. No, that's right. Caleb on chasing. Caleb on chasing. That's yeah. like Lowell Narcisse. Yeah. I think that LSU needed a get-right game on defense, especially before Florida. Needed to get yeah. some things, some needed to get some some positive vibes going with that group again. Needed to get healthy a little bit. There was a moment where you thought Grant Delpit was maybe going to go out with a concussion or something like that, but apparently he just bit his lip and he returned to the game. It looked like a weird, nasty hit, but then he gets to the sideline and comes back in the game. So that was good news for LSU. Strong, strong day overall. And oh, by the way, the offense is still really good. Yeah, yeah. They, it, well, I think what's impressive here is, I mean, the offense sputtered. I didn't think they looked that great yesterday. Um, I, I know it sounds dumb from a statistical standpoint because they put up a lot of yards. And Joe did it Burrow didn't look as good as they've looked in other games this year. I think yeah, that's Joe fair. Burrow threw an interception in a place you can't throw an interception. I'll just say it. I'll say it because you don't want to. Um, he, I, I thought he still looks good. It's just, but the the impressive takeaway here is the fact that the Utah State team that was coming in averaging over 30 points a game and having a kid that was getting preseason highs love, they were 3-1. and one. Like, this was a good football team. I mean, offensively. Offensively, yeah. It's a good yeah. football team. Um, and you hold them to six points. Like, that's that's impressive. The, so. the early game in Baton Rouge just looked weird. It I, looks uh, weird, right? It was it was strange to watch on TV. I'm like, why does this feel like something I've never looked at before? It's like watching a 3D movie in the day. It, it, it makes no sense. You're just like, what is going on here? Yeah, I don't, I don't like this. I don't like this one bit. It just did not feel right. But, Coach O, you were there. You were looking crispy, by the way. Oh, oh, sorry. He's not in the room yet. He's giving you the intro, Coach. Why don't you just calm down a little bit? Calm! Calm! How you doing? 
I'm, I'm doing well. I need to work on my, my tan. You were looking like you just came out of the oven, man. That was... Oh, very, I mean, well, that's a, that's a weird way to put it. But yeah, I'm very, very tan. I go to, I go to Sun City Tan. Local tan bed. Lay in that part of my goggle. Get in there. It's a little me time. Kai, how are you doing today? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm doing well. You had a full night to be able to recover. So I'm hoping that you're going to be in tip-top shape today. Yeah, full, full three, 30, 30 minutes of sleep. Like I always get. Yep. Got up early. Put on a little pot of coffee. Cotton. We got a big game this week. Talking about Florida. I told all the all the LAU fans. You want to sit there and put a little something extra in your coffee. Cotton, how you take your how you take your coffee? Black. Wow, well, yeah. They can't even say that. Twenty nineteen. Can't oh, say something like my that. My bad. You're right, you're right. Sorry. Yeah. Um anyway. Yeah. Okay, my bad. Uh, that's not the PC way to say. I take my coffee straight up. God, you know how I take mine. Uh, Texas Pete. No, Connor. Coach O is talking right now. All right, sorry, not sorry. me. My bad. My bad. Jeez. Coach O. Don't um, break the fourth wall. Little. Uh, God, I'm tell you, I take my coffee right now. Let me tell you, I, tell you, I don't care how you take coffee. I know you're a frappuccino man. I can just tell by looking at you. Now, Coach O, let me tell you what I do. Okay. Gone on a day where I go party, go out late night, have a little fun in the club, all the things. <laughs> what I do now, I get up early, start my day. I don't like Folgers because I'm not poor. What I do, Whoa. I get, I take some coffee bean. I grind them up. I grind, you see what I'm doing? I kind of grind them up. You know they got okay. people that do that already. No, not like me. All right. I do it with my bare hands. Okay, I don't need a machine. <laughs> I do it with my bare hands. Take a little espresso bean. Crunch it up in my hand, think about all the things I hate, fire off my favorite disturbed song in my head, and then boom, you got a little powder. I snort it. Whoa. That is. It's not illegal. It's not illegal. Espresso bean, up the no. Espresso, got an O in it. Coach O, got an O in it. That's how I take my coffee. Thanks for sharing, Coach O. Coach O, uh, thank you for this weekly dose of nightmare fuel. There's absolutely no reason to do that. I, I know that. I know that, Chris. I, I don't want to say. I put it in the machine because it, then it's a drip machine, and I don't want to hear Connor say drip again. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Can't argue that, Coach. That's that's wonderful, wonderful stuff as always. He's he's got a plane to catch though. He's got a big game this week. He's got a really big. I game. think he's going probably to Cuba for the week. Why is he going to Cuba? He be I don't know. He's just how, he's so damn tan. Yeah, he's he looked really really tan, like different levels of tan that I've ever seen. Maybe yeah. that was just seeing Coach O at an 11 a.m. kick, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it was strange. So, that that was isn't that weird though. Uh, just that, you, you're right. so used to seeing that thing rocking and just like it's it's just always so great and it's always packed out. And then and then that early game, it, I know it's Utah State, but it's just like uh, we're gonna get right though with this game against Florida yeah. and, and seeing usual what we're used to seeing uh, yeah. in Baton Rouge for sure. Who's the worst team in the SEC? I let's just ask this question every single week because it's it's a fun one to ask. I realize Arkansas yeah. was on by and Arkansas is coming off of the the moral victory or whatever you want to call it against A and M, Tennessee. It's Missouri and it's not even close. I'm kidding, Adam. It's, it's not Tennessee. You better not say Tennessee or I'll I'll fight you. Adam Spencer leaped in his chair when you just said that right there. No, for real. Um, it, it's 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 hands down, it's Vanderbilt. I, thank you. Okay, finally, people are yeah. getting on board with this because I got I got ripped. I got ripped. Not only oh. I got ripped from people on Twitter saying this, and then I also got ripped last week when we did our power rankings at SEC Network and we were doing our one through fourteen. I said I think Vandy's the worst team in the SEC. Yeah. What we saw against Northern Illinois today, uh, bad, real, real bad. Northern Illinois most recently just let Ball State come into DeKalb and pull off a comeback win. Not a DeKalb. good one. 
it's, in the state of Illinois, it's the cow, but that's okay. Gross. Tomato, t- potato. Um, Vandy is the worst team in the SEC, and yesterday was just an example of it. And it's not just because the offense has disappointed and not been at the level that we thought it was going to be at. The defense was the worst in the Power Five coming into this. And then all it did was let Ole Miss run for over 400 yards in this game. What 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 have you seen from Vandy besides a, some nice plays, some nice offensive plays against LSU to make you think that this is not the worst team in the SEC? It just is. God, I don't, I don't like Illinois. They got too many vowels in their name. Coach O, time to leave. Please see yourself out. Sorry for that, Connor. That's rude. Vanderbilt has given up. 503 yards per game. <laughs> and they've, that is over 100 yards more per game than the next SEC team. They can't stop anything. They can't stop anything. It, you thought it was like, well, maybe it's just because it's against Georgia, and then maybe it's just because it's against LSU. No, it, we're, we're doing, past the point of, no, of Randy yes. having the toughest start of any team in the country. We You're are past right. that. What we've seen from North, against Northern Illinois bad. and against... And against Ole Miss, they have gotten trucked. Ever since that yeah. first quarter against Northern Illinois, where you're thinking, oh, Vandy's going to come out ready to go. They're going to make Marler's lock, Uncle Chris's lock of the week look really good. Oh, God. Well, pick of the week. I shouldn't say lock of the week. Ever since then, they've been terrible. Terrible. Did you say they were they were last in the FBS or Power 5? Power 5. Here you go. I'll do you one better here, Connor. They're ranked dead last in FBS out of 130 teams. 130. Okay, on play or yards per play. I believe yards it. per play. How many yards do you need to get a first down? Uh, last I checked, it we're sticking with ten, right? I know it's twenty nineteen, but we're ten. Yeah, I think it's. I can't wait till we get to an indoor football league that we make one day. It's sixty nine yards for a first down. Regardless, it's nice. ten right now in the current NCAA Division football model. Seven point five eight yards per play. Why do you even send the defense on the field? I don't know. I, like, if you honestly put Keyshawn Vaughn at middle linebacker at yep. this point. Like, what are we do? This is what are we doing? I feel bad for the the big three that came back. Those seniors, I that they all made their own choices and they knew how this was going to be. <laughs> they, they knew that it was going to be. It tough. sounds like such a parent thing to say. Like, you you did this to yourself, but yeah, they knew it was going to be so. tougher without Kyle Shermer. Riley Neal has not been the answer at quarterback, and their defense just it, it's so bad to watch. I, I put an asterisk over over pretty much any game against Vandy from this point out. I think we should because it's 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 hard to watch. It really is. A team with a defensive-minded head coach who, by the way, let's not forget, he's got a new athletic director. I'm just saying. Yeah. I know we like Derek Mason, but these things, when you have a new boss who comes into town, this is not the showing. This is not the year that it's he was hoping bad. to have with that, with this well, first season with a new boss. And the fans aren't showing up, which I know it's Vandy, so you can take that with a grain of salt. But at the same time, they're, they're not showing up. How does it get better? You're right, man. This is the best point anyone's made about Vandy. This is a defensive coach. This is a defensive coach. And you know what? There's I don't I don't recall ever outside of when they had Jordan Matthews and I forgot who the quarterback was at the time. But I don't Jordan remember Rogers. ever was it Jordan Rogers? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I don't ever remember. I don't ever remember. We've erased a, Jordan Rogers from our mind. It's like it's like muting something. Oh, I on like Twitter. Jordan. He's doing his best. Yeah, Come we on. Like We're him. gonna sure. be friends with him one day. Mm-hmm. Whether he wants to or not, if you're listening to this, Jordan. Um, no, I, I just, I've never, there's never been a time, I think, in Vanderbilt history, and, and I could be wrong about this, but I don't think I am. There's never been a time in Vanderbilt history, though, when it seems like there's been three guys of this level of star power on offense or on the team in general that, that, that are sig- that significantly, like, as talented as other, like, as, as the rest of the league. It's not like, oh, we have a good, we've got this good running back that, you know, who was the kid from a couple years ago? 
Um, Zach Stacy back in the Zach day. Zach Stacy maybe, or the, it was it was the guy before. It was the guy that was like two years ago where he had like he was like one of the better running backs. Oh, Ralph Webb. Ralph, Ralph Webb. Ralph, Ralph yeah. Webb. Ralph Webb. And then he had like the terrible senior season. Where oh, he was like awful. two point something yards per yeah. carry. But but they've never had a time where they've had legitimate talent at on on offense or defense. But on offense, where where they match up, like that talent can match up with anybody in the SEC. Keyshawn Vaughn is is one of the better running backs in the SEC. Like Elijah Lipscomb is one of the best receivers in the SEC. They are still awful. Yeah, Jared Pinkney, one of the league's better tight ends as well. They don't throw him the ball, but yeah, yeah, you're right. They just don't. Let's that that, that's enough vanity talk. That's all they've earned. They they are the worst team in the SEC until further notice. Let's go back to hating Tennessee, huh? What is the top three? (laughs) What does the top three in the SEC look like? Because Florida's sitting there. Coming off a win against Auburn, and they're six and zero, and they're feeling really good. I guess the question really is: Is Florida in this top three right now in your power rankings? Man, I thought about putting Florida in their number three and dropping Georgia out in that first half just to piss off Georgia fans. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, they're not. They're not. They they've looked really really good. If I mean they beat LSU, it goes without saying. They're obviously jumping the top three, and maybe this is still predicated on too much of me thinking preseason stuff. Like, yeah, well, yeah, and just. Just knowing what their flaws can be, and you and you have a backup quarterback, and he's looked great, but how does that look when you go on the road at, in Death Valley? Because you're going to have to make these trips, so, and you're going to have to play Georgia. You know what I mean? Like I, I would still take those teams above Florida right now, but that defense, as much as as much love as I gave Auburn, you know, and I, and I still think that defense is good enough to keep them in any game they play. Yep. Flor- you might have to say the same thing about Florida. I mean, Zuniga didn't even play yesterday. Didn't even play. Didn't. And matter. they were still that good. New Gus, man, he was pissed. Yeah, we didn't um, even we didn't even talk about about new Gus he, in this one. He wouldn't let us. He I tried to reach out to him yesterday, and he he didn't even ride the team bus back. He he literally hopped on his Harley, rode back by himself, and that that was it. And then like he just went and like like kicked over a bunch of trash cans well, in whatever neighborhood he lived well, in. What happened to new Gus yesterday was the equivalent of him speeding down the highway. He's going ninety five, and he's feeling good about himself. He's not wearing a helmet or anything like that because yeah. new Gus doesn't do that. He gets pulled over for speeding. Usually, New Gus can talk his way out of it. New Gus gives the finger to the cop and keeps going. Exactly, and the cop just respects the fact that it's New Gus, and he says, "All right, this is this is not my day. This guy is an alpha. No. I'm just going to let him continue to to do what New Gus is going to do." Sir, why were you going so fast? I was chasing a bald eagle, son. Mm-hmm. What? Damn. Yeah, and then the cop actually still gave him a ticket, and that's yeah. that's the kind of day that New Gus had, and it, it happens. But I think New Gus is is ready to bounce back. I hope so. I don't have him in my top three, though. I have no, my, I my top three stays the same. It's and especially with LSU looking better, and 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 you, you you can make the case honestly to put Georgia back up there in my opinion, or even at one. I, I said this yesterday. It's for much much as I, like I was giving them crap, and and I still think it's deserved. This team, if if I was picking a team right now that that I was most confident in winning the SEC, it's Georgia. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think they're the best team though. That's. Th- I think they have the easiest path. Yeah, they have the easiest path. That's a different question. I, and I think I, right I got now, Bama, LSU, Georgia. I think the top four teams in the SEC who are really, really good right now. It's Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Florida, in in whatever order necessarily that you want. We've we've just no, we've seen the. Yeah. Okay. I understand that, but I think even even the average person listening to this can agree yeah. on that consensus of that that sort of top four with some sort of order. I think we've yeah. just we've we've seen their flaws, and I feel like we know the flaw of each of those four teams yeah. as of right now. And it's just how much do you value that flaw? 
And it's how much do you see that as a potential weakness? I think Georgia is still a little bit stagnant offensively, and I still don't think that they stretch the field the way that they want to. And I I don't think that's their flaw. I think their secondary is the flaw. And I think against these two teams, LSU and Bama, that worries me. They've been really banged up at the cornerback positions, too. And I think they'll get healthy. I I realize that. But at the same time, Bama's flaw is is in the front seven right now with a banged-up front seven that's been starting – starting inexperienced guys up there. And we saw that against Ole Miss when it didn't play out and they allowed so many rushing yards. That's my point, is that I think each team right now has a somewhat noticeable flaw that we'll see how much they can improve in. And the team that that takes that flaw away the most is going to be the best team in the SEC at season's end. Uh, Yeah, I agree. I I would say that, like, and I get they're banged up. Stokes played last night. True. So, uh, Uh, Campbell Campbell didn't play. Campbell didn't travel, I don't think, in this game. And here's the thing, though. If you think that... Get you're gonna get healthier as the season goes on. Uh, fair. Like, I, that's that's not that's not always like I wouldn't put my eggs in that basket. I, I would just say like, even my man Richard LeCount, who I was so high on coming into the season, he had a pick last night. It's a nice play. They they just consistently make mistakes and stuff that it's like whoa, like why why aren't you able to cover the tight end against uh, against Notre Dame? Like why is Tennessee running free? It's, they just they against LSU and Bama who 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 like if it was like well LSU if if LSU and, and Bama had Georgia's offense. Where they run the, they try to run the ball down your throat and and don't. Jake Fromm could throw for the same exact amount of yards as, as Burrow and, and Tua yeah. if they gave him the if they gave him a chance. But since if they had those two offenses, I would take Georgia at number one in a heartbeat. But since the back, you know, the back half of that defense is, is suspect, I would put them at three. Here's the good news: so much of this is going to sort itself out. We've got so many great mashups coming Dude. up in the next month and a half or so. I mean, really, the rest of the season, it's. It's unbelievable how much, how, how many potential so top excited. 10 matchups that we're going to get in the SEC. I'm going to have to go back and look up the record for intra-conference top 10 matchups, what the record is for that in a season. Because yeah. I feel like the SEC's got to be there. I'll, I'll figure out a way. I'll figure out a way. Yeah, we well, tell do. me how to do that because that seems like a pretty cool Google search. Yeah. I, here, I, did, I don't think you heard me do it out loud, but I but I definitely did a little while ago. Like when we, we were, I pulled up the, the schedule for next week and I went, oh. Yeah, like <laughs> it's good. Let's so let's let's get to that. Let's. There's a Wednesday game, Connor. We got Maction on Wednesday. There's a Wednesday game. No, it's not even Maction. It's Sunbelt. It's even better. It's not even better. Maction's the best. But this is my favorite. <laughs> oh, this is the best month of the year, man. Like th- there's that. There's always that 18 to 20 something games day stretch where there's football on seven days a week. It's and the it's, best sports is, month of the year. Oh my god. I'm 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 not. This is not me exaggerating. I'm. This is. I'm genuinely so happy looking at this this slate and seeing App State at Louisiana. By the way, they're severely underrated. App State? No, hell no, Louisiana. Oh, okay, all right, fair enough. Uh, this was this was one of those one of those weekends. Sometimes I have these where on Saturday night when I go when I go to bed and I, the thing that I always do right before this is gonna sound really bad. Thing I always do as I'm as I'm as I'm crawling into bed, I look at the schedule for next week on my phone. No, that's cool. And I get a little bit of that that like, oh, I'm excited. We got this game at noon. Oh, this yeah. game's at three thirty. Oh, I've I've got a solid full day of, of really, really good matchups. This this week seven slate nationally and in the SEC is one of those weekends that's worth getting excited well, about. I think if you that's you're just a good planner, so and you're good at organizing stuff, so that's not a bad thing at all. But I, I but also if you did that last week, like like the last two weekends when you look at if you looked ahead, you're like, oh my god, what is this? Like there, like so much. There was hardly any games yesterday yeah. in general. Mm-hmm. The, like it's it, we finally get one this weekend. This Amen. is gonna be a, like a great weekend. Let's guess the week seven SEC lines. We have how many? Seven games. 
seven games. We're going to hold off, though, on, on the Ole Miss-Mizzou line because with Kelly yeah. Bryant's situation right now, that Vegas won't even have an okay, opening let's line. Let's hold off on UNLV Vandy because no one cares. Uh, I'll just say Vandy minus 12 and a half, and let's move on. Let's not, yeah, let's not hold <laughs> off, I guess, but yeah, sure. Um, South Carolina, yeah, Georgia. Fine. This game is in Athens. My guess, Georgia is a 24-point favorite at home. What do you think about that? At home, that does make it make it more difficult. Um, I'm going to say it's under that. I'm going to say 20 and a half. I'll say 19 and a half, I think. 19 and a half, okay. Yeah, well, because Helensky's been better. Listen, Helensky, when he can throw the ball, you saw what he was able to do and like how, how efficient he was against Bama's defense, and Bama's secondary is way better than, than Georgia's. Here's a fun fact. Take that. What SEC East team has played Georgia the closest since the start of the 2017 season, or has had the closest individual game against Georgia? Is it just one individual game? Yeah, one individual game, meaning the the, the smallest margin of defeat against Georgia. I know that. I just didn't know if it was just one game. Uh, I guess South Carolina. South Carolina. It up. South Carolina. Well, what was the score? It was like a, it was a 24 to 10 game. I remember a couple of years ago, it was, um, it was a, or I think it was an early November game or something like that, where Jake Bentley sort of hung around and 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 South Carolina. Was that fans, the Sunday game? They had to play it like on a Sunday. No, it was a Saturday game. Okay, it was a Saturday. Yes. Game. Georgia hasn't that had was a in, Sunday no, game it was, since. There, there, no, there was yeah, not, there was not a since Sunday the start game. of twenty seventeen. Right, yeah, there was like maybe it was the year before because it was in South Carolina. It was played in South Carolina, and they, for some weird thing with the hurricane, they had to play it on a Sunday. Oh uh, yeah, it's really weird. See, my SEC in terms of being able to remember specifics like that, yeah. my SEC, my like my SEC knowledge really starts at twenty seventeen because that's when I started on the SDS side. Yeah. I think Georgia will be at least a 20-point favorite to open. I expect that line to, to move up if it does start off at, at about 20 points just because I think Georgia matching up with a true freshman quarterback bodes really, really well because he's not necessarily the backup right now. We yeah. know him as the starter. Mississippi State and Tennessee, this is tough because Tennessee, <laughs> we're, still, Tennessee we're still figuring out right now with, yeah. with Ryan Maurer, new quarterback. Mississippi State coming off of the bye week. They just got shellacked by Auburn in this one, and there are probably some people thinking Mississippi State is not going to be able to play on the road. I I think Mississippi State's going to be a slight favorite. I have him as a two-point favorite in Knoxville. Uh, yeah, I would say three and a half. I don't feel good like... about that, though. I don't. I mean, I, the, you put it best, man. Like n- neither one of these teams, we don't know what either of these teams are. We don't. Both of these, both of these teams are like a sixth grader that is just all of a sudden he's having some weird things happen to his body. And he's like, Mom, Dad, I, I don't know what's going on. Like that's this is you're what a gross way to stuff. So, <laughs> I mean, well, I'm just saying, it's like just pick up some books and walk to class. Uh, I yeah, I, I don't know. Um, they they both look bad. That is a great analogy, and people are gonna get upset about it. Garrett Schrader <laughs> gonna be playing this one. Speaking of, Garrett Schrader's got a whole lot of facial hair, so he's not definitely yeah. saying, "Oh, what's happening to me?" Uh, <laughs> I, I this one I would I would I would stay away from completely if I, if I'm being honest. I know we're gonna have to do picks on this, obviously. You know I don't have that discipline. I know you don't. I would definitely want to stay away from this one, just not knowing what the Mississippi State offense is really gonna look like. Can, can Tennessee stop the run? Can Mississippi State be a little bit one-dimensional with Kylan Hill? Can Mississippi State stop anybody? They have the, they have the yeah. 13th-ranked defense in the SEC. Yeah, uh, I'll be interested to see the over-under on this one, too, um, just because I think both mm-hmm. of these the, these defenses can obviously be had. We have seen that in SEC play yeah. so far. Arkansas and Kentucky. Both of these teams have a bye week coming in, which makes you think they're going to be looking like they're in tip-top shape. Oh, by the way, bury the lead on this one. 
yeah boy, your your go to, your ride or die, your number one, oh, your man's, man. your favorite non Alabama player in the SEC, Lynn Bowden, QB one. Kentucky QB one for real. That's that's the word on the street. Let's go. Kentucky by a Kentucky billion? by a thousand. <laughs> that's what I thought. Okay. Um, that's awesome. I love that. Sorry for being so loud, audience, but. Uh, no, that's that's awesome. I'm excited about that. Arkansas is, I'm guessing, going to be an underdog in this one. Kentucky favored by it's six. It's at Kentucky? Yeah, at Kentucky in Lexington. This game is going to be a Saturday night game. I think our, our, our good buddy Tom Hart is going to be on the call for this one. Kentucky minus six and a half? Um, that's too much. I'd say four. Just because we what we saw from Arkansas against A&M, or is that because... I mean, because Arkansas, they're going to put up points. Kentucky just Kentucky, needs to run the ball. Can, just run the ball. Just not that good. Just bottom line, they're not that good. Uh, yeah. After they lost to Florida, it's like it's like when you you see those like things like where someone's spirit leaves their body. Like that's what happened to Kentucky oh, at the game. And then, well, I mean, it is it is depressing. But like, and but every every look at all the positives we've seen we can say about Kentucky since that game. All the positives are in losses. Yeah, that's true. Well, they did this pretty well. Yeah, they fought yeah, back. Well, they were down twenty eight to ten. Yeah. yeah. Well, they like they looked. It was on the road. And they. South Carolina dismantled this team. Crushed them. Crushed them in, in every way possible. Yeah. I, I tend to think that Kentucky is going to show up a little bit better. I know I keep every single week. I think I've picked Kentucky to cover every week so far. Uh, I'm sure you have. Yeah, that sounds like me. <laughs> Kentucky minus 6.5 is my guess for that one. The big game okay. in the week in college football is obviously Florida and LSU. Did you just skip the Bama game? Completely? Oh, I did skip the Bama game. I did skip the Bama game. Good Screw for you, you for keeping me on my toes. <laughs> All right, let's do that one first. Let's do that one first. Bama is at Texas A&M, a matchup that was talked about a lot in the preseason. Now we don't think it's going to be quite as good. I've got Bama favored by 22. It opened at 13 this summer. Yeah, it's going to be way higher than that. Way higher than that, just because of all the I would say and a and yeah. is so one-dimensional, too, that I think that's going to factor into this opening line. I'm gonna say it opens at uh at seventeen and a half. Seventeen and a I half want, with the hook. I wanted to say twenty. I wanted to say twenty and a half, but you said twenty two, so I can't do that. Um, but yeah, it's it's gonna be in that range. I think you're right. Yeah, and Bama's gonna crush AM. I can't wait. It's gonna be great. It's I I wanted this game to to mean a little bit more. I was I was hopeful that A and M could potentially be maybe a top fifteen coming top fifteen team coming into this one. I always like seeing Bama on the road tested like that. I think it just makes for for yeah. great theater. The crowd is just so into it. But I think AM fans are a little bit depressed about this team already, and maybe this this one is not going to have the juice that we thought it could. Yeah, and 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 you look at what teams like the teams that the teams that can like test Bama. It's not like a, a dual threat quarterback that can run and throw anymore. It's it's if you can run the football. Exactly, exactly. That's not going to happen. Florida LSU, Florida fans are going to hate this. Florida fans are going to hate this. I know. I think LSU is going to be a five point favorite at That's home. Perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. You hate that That's number, perfect. too. That's why I picked it. You hate the five-point spread. <laughs> you, you just, hate just it. went out of your way to, to make me mad today <laughs> on, this, on this podcast. Let me tell you why I hate Tennessee. Um, no, I, I think you're right. I, I think it, this line was at four and a half this summer. It it moved all around. Like It opened. It went to like eight, eight and a half or nine and a half earlier this year. I, I, I'm going to say it's going to be seven and a half. I'm going to make a promise to Florida fans. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm, I'm going to pick LSU to win. never see another podcast. Work as hard as this one. I'm going to pick LSU to win this game. I don't necessarily know if I'm going to pick them to cover the spread. But here's what I will say. If Florida wins this game, 
I will bang the drum for Florida to be the number one team in the country after the LSU game. Whoa, Connor, after you've disrespected them for, for a month and a half in the season, that's all they ask for is just I, you on just this I, podcast. I will, I will, admit, I will admit that I, that I was dead wrong, and I will say yeah. Florida deserves to be the number one team in the country. If they go into Baton Rouge and win this game at night to improve to 7-0, beat Man. a pair of top 10 teams in consecutive weeks – Florida will have a, a case to be the number one team in the country. That's that's where we would be at if we'd be talking about a Florida winning Connor, this game. That is such an honorable and brave thing for you to promise to this fan base. Thank you. <laughs> I thought it was brave. It will do nothing for their case, but it is. All right. It is. Yeah. And I'll tell you another thing, Kentucky. If you guys beat Arkansas this week, I'm kidding. I had nothing for that. Let's, um, let's get to fourth and wrong. How about we do that? Let's get to fourth and wrong. We got this. So we have. We have four questions each and every week. We ask you guys to send in your favorite questions you want for, wait, or advice that you want answered, non-football related. Uh, as soon as I get to them in the Facebook group, let's see here. Yeah, you didn't put them in the um, doc here, so I'm just going of course shooting not. from Well, the we had to get up at like 7.30 this morning. It was, it was way too it early. It was very early. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is good radio. This is really this is good. good. Radio. <laughs> All right, here you go. I got it. Um, oh, boy. This Matthew Quackenbush in all caps. Why does UGA play so conservative? Uh, okay, let's see here. The first first question uh, is from Chris Milan. Actually, you know what? No, let's not use that. Sorry, I should have done this earlier. Connor, what do you want to talk this about? This is professional podcasting 101. The little peel behind the onion here. It's 7:30 on a Sunday a.m. that we had to get up. I don't like. Okay, here you go. Here's one. This is from Ash Williams. At what age is it appropriate for ladies to stop dressing in slutty Halloween costumes and dress in something a little more conservative? Is it for as long as she can pull it off, or is it 30? I think it's a question of what are you trying to project? Are you single? Are you taken? I think yeah, that's, that's what it's more about. You can, you can usually guess whether somebody's single or taken based on yeah. how they dress for Halloween. It's, it's never like I, – I, I say – until you can pull it off unless you have kids because because there's like there's nothing yeah, more you don't uncomfortable than when you see like like and we see it a lot in the south where i i feel like where it's like i mean people say it about me and Allie, which is dumb because i used to be so hot uh <laughs> where, people, where people are like they're like oh look, i don't kick this coverage and it's like this like schlubby dude and then like this hot ass wife and then like once she there's that dangerous level where she finds out she's hot or like realizes it late so she's like 34 but then all of a sudden starts showing cleavage, and you're like, what is, stop, Brenda. <laughs> we're like, we're at a PTA meeting. This is too much. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's like until you can pull it off in, in, unless you have kids. And it goes both ways, just, too. Let, let the record yeah. show. This is not just a, this is not just females should not necessarily be dressing like this after they have kids. If, yeah. Because there are certain dudes who will do whatever costume that, that allows them to be shirtless on Halloween. Oh, yeah. They just pick that oh, yeah. every single year. If you're taking and doing that, what what are you doing? What are you doing? Dude, You're too old for I, that. You know what it is. You know what it is. Like the people they, they talk about like women with. It, that's such a good point. I'm glad you brought that up, Connor. Because um, it is not just for women. It, it is like the, like the least favorite is the dude bro. His version of, of of bunny ears or whatever it would be is the Top Gun. But somehow yep. incorporating it shirtless, like oh yeah, dude, I gave myself some scruff and I found some aviators. It's gonna be sick, bro. Like that is that dude is the worst dude. Oh, you mean to tell me you're gonna be Magic Mike for Halloween? Congratulations! Oh my god! Congratulations, guys! <laughs> I bet you get a lot of that down in Florida too. Like yeah, it's it's ugh. Was, you're just looking for an excuse to lube up your body and go out. Unnecessary get, shot get at my state, but that's all right. Continue. My, my bad, my bad. Um, well, because that's where the movie was filmed. It's a great movie. Uh, okay, if you could eat another culture's food for the rest of your life, what would it be? It'd be... American. Well, see, 
Italian food has become so Amer- Americanized that it's tough to Here just say that. But I will say this. My wife, a couple years ago, started making red curry, yellow curry, just curry-inspired dishes. Really, really good. I, I, yeah, I, I could good. I probably, probably Asian food, I, I think is, I, I don't really get sick of it. The flavor is just so good with it. And are you saying have, Indian food though, or are you saying Asian food? Yeah, I, I think you could go. I think you could go Thai. I think you can go Indian. I think that a lot yeah. of those are. are it's really like one strong. culture though. Yeah, Asian's one culture. too big. Okay, fair enough. Then I'd probably go Thai food. I love okay, me some pad Thai cool. with chicken I, because I that's think such a, that's, that's a strong. I think point. that Italian food. You could the default answer for that is going to be Italian food and Mexican food, and I think those are such a part of American culture that it's hard to really distinguish. Yeah. So I that's I eat pizza every day, man. Yeah, exactly. Um, No, that's that's a strong point because if it was like so, if you could use Asian food, Asian in quotes as like like the overall like Chinese food in there, you got dude and Indian food and the Thai thing you could do like like Ali's her thing is she was like oh my god that's so easy and I was like yeah it's Mexican because we like crush tacos and she was like she's like no it's Vietnamese and I was like what there we go what are you talking about um. For me, this one is simple. This is this is uh, Mexican food because I, I just I love chips and salsa. I do too. I don't I don't even care about like like I love tacos and all the and all the rest of it. Fajitas are great. Um, any of that stuff and and like yeah, you're right. It is a default answer, but I love chips and salsa so much. I I could eat, eat chips and salsa every day, and I used to. That was a problem. Um, okay. Oh, you need to say sushi too with Asian mm-hmm. food. I'm saying mm-hmm. there's one continent of food you can eat. <laughs> Give me Asian. Um, Russia. Uh, anyway, so let's Jay Woody, the man, the myth, the legend. This dude is the best. We got, I got a, a special announcement. He's dude. So I've got, I got, I got a little pill behind the onion here. I'm just gonna make an announcement here. I'm, I'm not sure how this is gonna go over, but I'm gonna say it. I I made a little special council in the Facebook group. Oh, a little special group of three people, my favorite listeners. Not favorite listeners. You guys are all my favorite listeners, but uh, three people that um, are super active in the Facebook group and helpful and all this other stuff. They're gonna help. Do some more fun interactive things in the in the group. Sweet, so for that. Yeah, take a little load off me. VIPs, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's pretty much what it is. They're, they're great too. So um, I'm not going to announce who they are, but obviously Jay Woody's one of them, just because I don't want to put them on blast. Uh, anyway, he says he's got he's got several several ones in here. You could have a beer or a bourbon with with one woman, living or dead. Who is it? Ooh, man, that's a fascinating question. Maybe. Something like Harry Tubman. That could be really interesting. <laughs> what what would it go? I did not see that answer coming. Oh man, I I don't I don't want to get political here. There are certain people I would just love to pick their brain just to hear hear stories and stuff. Yeah. Regardless of what you think of, of Hillary, oh, let's just talk about like the the oh, Clinton administration. Stories? Just the Clinton. If we could just talk about nothing but the Clinton administration, oh, man, talking to Hillary for for a while would be fascinating. Fascinating. Connor. What you just said is such a strong point. With true fact, serum, with true serum, it's gonna get it's gonna get lost on our audience. I think, but that is such. A yeah, I'm not point. saying you're. I mean, political. Like, I just want to yeah, know all she's, about the she's 90s. She's seen. She's yeah. She, yes, she's seen. She, that family has seen a lot. I've seen a lot. a lot that they won't talk about. We talk Arkansas so basketball cool. with them too, so we could bring it back to yeah, SEC stuff. Um, mine's Melania Trump. You traitor! I thought you were gonna say uh, Miss Terry no. for sure. <laughs> oh, honestly, that's, that was that was gonna be my answer. <laughs> This is 100% Miss Terry. Um, No, either Miss Terry or Jackie O, I think. Jackie O would be a good one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, There's there's several here. Like Ruth Bader Bader Ginsburg, I think, would be Amelia Earhart. How about that one? Uh, I thought about that, too. Uh, How did she die? She could tell me. 
Yeah, that that would be that would be interesting. Jackie Kennedy. No, there's there's, there's so many people. There's so many people that um, like uh, you know, this sounds this sounds like it's manufactured, but like somebody from the civil rights movement, like like anybody related to like ugh, how we, I'm, I just you know you went out on the ledge and made the political thing and the, not political. Like all I had to do was just not. I, like somebody affiliated with like the Black Panther Party or the Civil Rights Movement, I would love to sit down and talk with them about just like the mindset of that resistance and how it all went about and the things they saw and the things they faced and, and like the uphill battle. And just because like I think that that is such a pivotal pivotal time in in American history that changed so much, and it only happened like fifty years ago. You know what I mean? Like so, I think stuff like that, like. My mom would make this list probably. There's just there's a lot of people I have like a, like respect. Patty Susan's like the top of everybody's list. Let's be honest. She's she's the best man. We've we've we'll we'll kick back and have a lot. Of, she'll have scotch, but yeah. Um, there's there's just you know the fact that the just bottom line is that like this pissed me off last week. We'll get on a soapbox here for a second, just real quick. It pissed me off last week that the people that sent out all that memes about like ESPN sent out the lady volunteers tweet or the lady volunteers thing. Did you see this like the logo? Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Because it's such that was such like people laughed at it because it says lady and it's a woman and like you know what guys I got news for you that's such a disrespect to that program because that program is one of the most dominant sports programs in the entire history of sports like that program did more than most any of our football programs have ever accomplished and Pat Summit and all those players like I know what UConn is now that changed everything like you talk about like the WNBA starting. That all came about because of how dominant and, and fun that Tennessee women's basketball became, and it swept across the nation. No one gave a crap about women's sports. I just, I don't know. I'm Obviously, I'm just a bearded feminist. <laughs> <laughs> um, oof, best rap, okay, best rapper turned actor. Last question. The default answer is Ice Cube. I'm going to go a different direction. Uh, what? Uh, probably okay. The default answer is Ice T. Yeah, but Ice Cube, Ice Cube was more more so in movies. Ice T's TV. I, I yeah. either way on that. I how about Eminem and Eight Mile? That's some good acting there. He basically looks yeah. like he was just being himself. But I give the guy credit. It's for hard. That. It's hard to say because like it, I can't say Ice Cube just because he was in Are We There Yet. And I don't like. It's been I'll, Friday. He's been in other movies. Yeah, he wrote Friday. But I'm saying, like, like, like Ice Cube. There's a there's a line from Express Yourself from NWA. That's one of my favorite lines ever. And if I ever meet Ice Cube, I just want to sit down and talk to him because I I used to like. Well, one of my one of my uh, final like uh, papers my senior year was about NWA and how it changed the culture for white America. And NWA, the song Express Yourself, his first line he says, "Ice Cube." <laughs> Is not for the pop charts, and then he came out with "Are We There Yet?" Twenty years later, and was doing Coors Light commercials. So, yeah. not trying to disrespect the street cred because I know he's got it, but I was just a little bit surprised with that. Uh, my answer is um, factually wrong, but I don't care. It's Childish Gambino, Tom Glover from Stone Mountain. Oh yeah, okay, that's an obvious yeah. one. How about Nelly, Longest Yard? Great performance. I love it. That's that's every white dude's favorite. Running, I love running Nelly. barefoot. I love Nelly so much. He Nelly was an athlete. He was an athlete. It's he always... he lied about playing minor league baseball. That's okay. But he yeah, you know he filmed that. My buddy Jeff and I always tell you about. He filmed that at their at their uh, junior college. They did a thing. They did a thing for like MTV. Like he's like yeah, you know I played minor league baseball and like straight up filmed this this whole segment at Flow Valley Junior College. And then they were like, you didn't like pretending it was 
like him playing like back in the day. I was like, that didn't happen. That was an all over the place fourth and run. All over the place. Week six is in the books. Week seven is going to be great. Consume all of our content. We're going to have a ton of stuff leading up to these these great this great slate of games that we have coming up here. Make sure we're going to get to, if you have not given us a five-star review, definitely head over to iTunes. Yep. Do that. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your cousins, your aunts, your uncles, everybody. Make sure that you're watching Marler on Facebook Live on Monday nights. Monday. Monday nights. Hey, real quick. Real quick. Just, just so you guys get excited, too, because I want you guys to experience this with us. Um... USC Notre Dame, Ooh, Penn yeah. State at Iowa. That was a, a phenomenal game last time they played there. Remember that? Oh, yeah. That was, um, that was great. Let's see here. Real quick, just going through it. Cincy at Houston could be a game. All of those. Go. By the way, it might mean too much. I know it, I, I skipped over that just now. The picture from the SDS account with the every SEC team tattooed on that person's legs. Uh, that's that's insane. I've, I have yet to see that. that. That person definitely has the SEC belt. They definitely start all the SEC chants at bowl games and whatnot. We have found that person. We just need. How would you get that tattooed so close to your varicose veins? I don't know. That was the only tattoos that that person had too. It was just all the SEC teams. You can tell. You can tell. Not ideal. Make sure that you are following us on Instagram, on Twitter. We are at the SDS Pod at Vern Funquist at CJ O'Gara Marler. You are continuing your your move, your transition period right now in the no. house. But do we have Coach O? Is Coach O going to find the new house? Is, is, does he know directions and how that, that whole thing works? God, I am the new house. Oh. What does that even mean? Talk to you this week.